Welcome to episode 6 of Companions of the Perception Check. This evening we're discussing The Bard. Tonight I'm joined by... Seth Colgrove. And Zachary Ruffin. Alright guys, welcome. So tonight we're discussing a bard. Well, the bards. Not just a bard or the bard, but the the whole class of them. And Seth, you're you're currently playing a, a elf bard, aren't you? Yes. I uh, I actually really like the bard. It's uh not what I expected. I expected them to just be useless because you see bards in movies and you're like, oh look, it's a guy with a guitar. What's he gonna do? But yeah, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, I I I agree. They're I I find that the the bards are. If you play them right, they can be not necessarily replaced in in place of, say, a cleric, but they do do a lot of buffing for the group. Yeah, really, where they where they come in is uh, their big mechanic in the current edition is the inspiration dice, which they get a certain number of. They can spend on different uh, different people and they can boost uh, checks. They're more about boosting checks. They have some heals, but not as many as, say, a cleric or a druid might have. And then they also have, they're also a jack-of-all-trades class and have lots of ways to boost their own, uh, basically to be relatively proficient at pretty much any skill check they need to make. Yeah, uh, just in my short time as playing as a bard, I've noticed that I get to do a little bit of everything with the bard. You, you don't have to just focus in on spells or weapons, or you get to do a little bit of all of it. Which I, I yeah. Think, I think that really helps round out a party. Um, you get, because you're, you're not stuck, I know as, as a sorcerer, you know, I'm pretty much relegated to the back of any, any combat encounter. Uh, low, you know, even even with mage armor, my you, you know. You get better weapons than a wizard, but other than that, you probably have the second worst equipment in the game. Considering, I mean, monks get worse than you do, but they get a lot of inherent bonuses. Yeah, so that's uh, I think I think that that goes great with the the bard, where the bard can kind of jump in and out and. Uh, not only help the group, but you know, help help themselves and can can keep enemies off balance. You know, it, if you put they, your they do they do get some good. Uh, they're not they're not combat useless, but they're not like their spells. They have offensive spells, but most of them aren't heavy damage. Most of them are more uh, charms, illusions, um, st- stuff I like to use as a wizard, even, but. Uh, charms, illusions, large-scale buffs, there's a, lot buffs. Of, there's a lot of things you can use to just set up an enemy for your, your teammates to go in and just destroy them. Yeah. It's kind of like... Um, okay, this is going to be a sports analogy here. It's it's kind of like in uh, Look volleyball. Out, huh? <laughs> Look out, everybody. Sports analogy. Sports analogy. <laughs> No, no, no. Even worse, a Kevin sports analogy. Let's uh, let's get a 
Seth, get ready to uh, It's like the quarterback it. in basketball. Yeah, the quarterback <laughs> in basketball who sets the pins up for the uh, for the nine iron. Um, no, no. Uh, if you if you watch or, or played uh, volleyball, the the general rule is you before you send someone up to spike it, you have someone to set it set the ball for the optimal position, and that seems to be where the bars are going. Yeah, I would agree with that. And so they're like he, like he says that they're they're a zack eh, they're a zack of all trades, um, <laughs> jack of all trades, uh, and and can really round out really the group. <laughs> yeah, like they like they get the ability that actually they get to add half their proficiency bonus to any skill check after a certain point. Which means they get uh, later on. They pretty much have a bonus in everything. Not Which as I'm really big looking forward to. You already have it to a degree. You can add like one. Right. Yeah, I can. I can do it to a degree, but I'm not to the max on that. I'm very excited about it. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the the bards them, themselves. Um, the. If you look in, if you if you read in the the player's handbook, they they discuss how the the magics intertwi- intertwined with lore, and these aren't just just roaming minstrels, but they're adherent students to to lore. So yeah. I suppose that that to me, I I think think of the bard more of as a uh more folksy, more. For 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 lack of a better comparison, they're they're more Robin Hood esque, in some ways, more of the people gathering the lore there than, say, a a wizard who's who's off in his, in his tower studying the spells. What what I would say is uh, is, uh, wizards. I mean, to use modern analogy, to you know, profession, wizards are scientists. Um. Uh. Basically, bards are more of the uh, are more uh, anthropologists, folklorists, historians, kind of all rolled into one. Which is which is good. They they really help with with uh, on the role play aspect because they there there are a lot of bonuses to just dealing with uh, dealing with people. Even their, even their, some of their spells that they get are designed to assist in even non non combat encounters, like you said, charming or or a an uh, uh, illusion here and there. Yeah. Also, what I what is uh, I know you like sorcerers, Kevin. What bards and sorcerers have in common is. Uh, Mechanically, their magic works very similar. A bard doesn't just just pick their spells like a wizard does and prepare them, or a cleric. They have spells that they actually know, and they have to pick them when they level. But so so in that way, they're very similar. And then a bard doesn't really have to prepare; they just sort of cast spells when they're you know when they think it works for them. Well, uh, based on my limited uh, study into bards, they don't seem like the most prepared bunch anyway. So uh, I'm thinking preparing spells would be far too much for them. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now the, I mean the bards in when you're when you're playing a bard, you're you're moved into two colleges, which I I find I haven't really found yet any any class that is so narrowly defined, at least mechanically. Um, the there's only two druids, only two barbarians. Oh, well, now there's three. They added one in or, or Coast Adventure. Sorry, there's uh, two druids. Um, I thought they didn't they add a third in Sword Coast Adventure. Nope. Maybe it was an Unearth Arcana yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm just saying stuff that's for official play. There's only two rangers. Oh, okay. I guess they're I guess they're they're not standing alone there, um, because you've got the the colleges of lore and valor. Um, in lore, uh, your first proficiency bonus gives you three in any uh, skills of your choice. Yeah. Uh, then as you move up, you learn, you know, cutting word, which. All right, I'll admit that has that has saved our butts a couple of times. And Seth, you pull that you pull that off magnificently. Well, uh, I think you're couple, thinking vicious uh, mockery, but yeah, he does have cutting word, which is a diva. But yeah, well, no, he has used cutting word a few times. Yeah, and we're we're also blessed with dungeon masters who who will give you a little extra advantage when you're super good at. Uh, uh, tearing someone down. <laughs> um, then then as you, you move up, you learn additional... Let's see. Yeah. Pull it up here. Uh, additional magical secrets where you learn... Uh, spells. You spells. can take them from any... Them from any... Yeah, any, any, any list. And at 14... Uh, you can use your bardic inspiration uh, when you make an ability check. Um, yeah. The the College of Valor. Your proficiencies are instead of uh, any skills of your choice, you gain proficiency with medium armor shields and martial weapons. You get combat. Yeah, they, uh... Sorry. In 4th edition, they called this sort of style of bard a skull. And uh, you were around for our first campaign together, but uh, if you remember Coffer, the rat hand Yokai, she was a skull. She was one of these. Ah. And you get combat inspiration, and but at level 6, you get an extra attack. Um, yeah. And you can battle magic at 14, where you can... Uh, not only cast a spell, but then make one weapon attack as a bonus action. Um, yeah. The what I found in, in the Sword Coast Adventures is the additional bardic colleges they give are only more are only flavor changes. They don't there there's no different mechanics. Well, the realms locations, they, and that was all about bringing the realms play. There is something else they gave though. Uh, they have an instrument of the realm section. 
Uh, yeah. Like they have different sorts of uh, whistles, stringed instruments and stuff that exist around the realm. And somehow I found they're even more useful because of Bolo's Guide to Monsters because they have some instruments that they say are typically used by goblins. I want to be a goblin bard that just carries around this big war gong. as <laughs> <laughs> my bardic instrument. I'll, I'll allow it, Zach, but you're you're going to take a minus 30 on your movement speed. Well, no, I think they get 30, so you get a minus 29 on your movement speed whenever you use it. Take 10, take 10 rounds to move, to move one square. Um, now, I did find, find something odd tracing through the Bard class. The... There, uh, I don't have any information on first edition, but in uh, AD and D second edition, in the initial uh, player's handbook, there was not a bard class. I didn't even see it under a, a subclass there, but I know that they've. I'm sorry, Zach? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I said, but I know that when they introduced the Forgotten Realms, the, the Bard played a, a pivotal role. The uh, the, the Bard, Corinne, uh, played a pivotal role in, in the world setup book, Deathwalker on Moonshale. So, that was actually in first edition days. Yeah, so that's... A couple that, years before. It, it actually, yeah, that's... That's what, what uh, has me confused. I was wondering if maybe, you know, I since I don't have too much on second edition, that maybe they it was only in the Forgotten Realms, I guess supplement guide. Well, the way they did things a lot in the old, like in back then, was they would release um, books together. But pretty much, uh, pretty much D and D really, I'd say for quite a while, was still trying to find the exact way it wanted to approach its own game and so a lot of times you had a mil you had a million classes by the end of an edition but at the uh, at the start of one they just gave you bare bones mm -hmm. um, and even then they they're still not sure like at this point exactly what comprises certain classes like they have mage and they don't really distinguish what a sorcerer really is back then um, and Bard probably came later in some supplement. Like, Moonchi was very much a, uh, was very much a Celtic, uh, old England, old Norse, to a degree, setting. Old, like, Danish England setting, depending on where you were there. So, Moonchi, would, it would introduce new locations and new monsters. It would also give you the area somewhere almost self-contained, but then you would also get classes or races that would be found there, or special rules. Mm -hmm. um, so when basically they said, okay, this is a culture that would have bards in one of the like pretty much millions of supplements they would put out pretty much almost monthly back then, they'd say, okay, let's make a bard class for it. Mm-hmm. I know for in some legend and lore book I have, which is basically how to 
adapt real world mythology to different D and like to set different D and D campaigns there. Uh, Bard is something sometimes avatars of God have as classes, so it was something eventually. Well, I guess I'm I'm just used to to our our campaign and the the five e book because that's you know what what I've been playing most. Yeah, um, and then I, I traced it through and I, I found it uh, a bit odd in in at least in in uh, three point five. You know, the bard is there as one of the classes, and I understand that. This is about halfway through when they've kind of cons- consolidated a whole bunch of rules. That not really halfway. Three point five came right after three. Three didn't exactly exist very long on its own. Mm. Uh, it was like one or two years. One or two years. Rest of the and then like seven more years is three point five. Well, they. You know they they had the bard there in the mechanics, but what I found odd was that they they almost boxed you into a race. Um, they're they're they said that essentially human elf or half elves are the only ones who would be roaming around collecting these stories or studying these. These things. These was was the straight up prerequisite, or was it just a no? It was it, it was a strong suggestion. Um, uh, more of a I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it wasn't like a, a a protection racket. You know, we got this insurance. Be some be uh, pretty pretty bad if uh, something happened to that mandolin of yours. Or in Seth's case, your bagpipes. Something bad happened to my bagpipes, well, and I'm still getting over it. <laughs> um, it You're saving to cast mending just at that right time. Yeah. <laughs> for you, wrong time for everyone else. I'm saving that up. I, uh, I'm also surprised that a group of dwarves didn't get together and rise up saying, you can't tell us what we can be. Yeah. Um, and... Which is weird because in a lot of books, in a lot of the D and D novels, you have dwarven bards. And it, yeah, that's uh, that. That's why I, I found it odd is, is because there it, it would seem a a halfling. I know they. I know that's one of the images they actually have in the the fifth edition player's handbook, but. You know the halflings are tend to be about things like that. You know they they like they yeah. like the stories. They like well they don't necessarily like to to wander from home. They you know one might to get better stories. Yeah. And then you could and then Skald just seems to fit a dwarf really well, like like the College of Valor version. Hmm. Because they're big into their war epics and their that, that I mean that that's that that right there screams dwarven culture. Yeah. Now I I didn't have anything on on 
fourth edition. But Zach, you would know more fourth about edition. that. Fourth edition. Uh, uh, they uh, the bard was one of the two arcane leader classes, which leaders were usually again involved in setting up things for your allies or uh, or healing them or both. And they shared that uh, classification as arcane leader with the artificer, which got less support than pretty much anything else in that series. But um, I digress. Um, but they, when you picked one, you picked a virtue, which is sort of a sort of way you could empower your allies with various abilities. Um, they were all about buffs. They had a lot of healing. Um, and you really got them solidified as the buffers for the party um, back at the back at that point. Okay. Um, so they didn't to to your recollection, fourth edition didn't do like three point five and heavily suggest a a a race to to play as it as a bard. Uh, generally in 4th edition, on various racial things, they would say, play this race if you, a couple role-playing reasons, and then the third one would be someone who excels at this class because of, you know, natural stat increases. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, There, it was big in that game that they cut out a lot of restrictions, which is one thing good from that edition that they did carry over, like, that was the first time you could be a non-lawful good paladin. You could even be a chaotic evil paladin back then. No, no real alignment restrictions except in very specific cases. No racial restrictions except for a couple paragon paths that relied on racial abilities that you wouldn't have if you weren't that race in some of their powers. But most of, there are very few restrictions. Okay. Well, that brings us up to to fifth edition, where again, like you said, the one of the things they didn't bring over were were any racial racial restrictions, um, and they're they're bringing you know you've got the two two schools or two colleges. Yeah, it's higher education, man. <laughs> Didn't I'm sorry, Seth. Didn't you read something online about some other school that turned out to be a someone's completely made up and hoping for? And you're like, I will totally play that. Yeah, it was uh, the College of Faust, and it basically had a lot of things. It was basically the devil went down to Georgia version of a bard. <laughs> you, you you basically could play a song and raise demons to help you, and it was it was really cool. It'll come. It'll come. <laughs> we'll have to figure out figure out the mechanics on that one. Um, I think the mechanics is that player wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this brings us to the 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 bards in in D and D literature, the uh, the novels. I've I've only seen them in. Uh, two novels, but two series, which is the the Moon Chase series and the um, 
Unholy series. Um, and you haven't read all three of those. I have not. Those, have I've I've read. Okay, then the... this is going to be a little tricky. Huh? I might spoil something. I might spoil something because I wrote I read I, I read both trilogies. Oh, well, we well, can't really uh, spoil much about Corinne. Uh, I finished that first. He's going to show up a lot later. Oh. Oh. Magic there. Um, in these, in both of these, uh, a bard plays a very, very important roles, and and it, it I don't know. I, I guess it, it has colored my my view of bards as support characters. How they how they go through now. Of course, in in the books, these bards are much much more powerful than a player character would actually be you know they they have access to whatever skill whatever spells and abilities the the current sit, you know situation requires kind of like how in star trek there's they've always have an expert had tried the level most of them are mid level at most but yeah like some people have actually tried to like calibrate what levels they are like Ferida from the Brimstone Angels books is only like a level 12 warlock. Well, again, I, I, I find it funny because I understand that, you know, these are these are works of fiction and they've got to move the story along in, in different ways. Um, but I guess it's kind of colored me because I, I see the how, how they work, at least in, in the novels, is, again, more of a mid-range support fighter you know they'll, they'll come in and yeah. buff an entire party with their song obviously the bard's not going to have a, a spell that powerful too early if at all if they yeah. if they don't choose it while still being able to to dole out some damage yeah uh i really like uh i think baron is his name or something from the haunted land Mm-hmm. That that kind of holds the un. Yeah, the Haunted Lights trilogy. Yeah, he has he has a pretty cool spot in the third book. I'll just tell you that. Well, in in the at least in the first book, he he we he weaves it well and does use his does use his abilities as needed to to get his I guess get his storyline moving. But they, yeah, you know, they they do tend to be also very, very martial as well. Yeah. So that moves us on to to you know role role playing a role playing a bard. Seth, I guess you're the the local expert on that. What? What uh, what motivation brings your your bard out into the world? Well, um, in general, I play things. If I were an actor, which I very clearly am not, I would be more of a method actor, and I tend to play things the way that they feel. And bards feel. I've I've found myself playing a little more chaotic than I intended to, because the bard and the elf all combined together kind of make me feel more in a chaotic mood. But uh. In general, the bard, every, 
I'm it's sorry. hard to be, lean towards chaotic alignment anyway, they say in the book, and so do elves, so. Well, there you go. But uh, I've pretty much done everything based on what, in my mind, I think a roguish musician sort of person would do, and that's kind of my motivation for my character. Out and about, catching all the stories, seeing all the things. I, I see that too. I uh, respect the old elves no longer calling gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one did leave me on the side of a building to climb up and fight my way against the main bad guy of our mission, so it was good time for all. <laughs> and he got, and he got killed by a surprise. Furbog attack. On the first move. <laughs> bugbear. Bug Sorry, bugbear attack. Yeah, cracked his head like an egg, man. <laughs> but that was all just a dream. I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just were laying on your pillow wrong. That's why you got the scar on the top. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that about wraps it up for Bards. I'd like to thank Seth and Zach for joining me, and we'll hope to see you next time on Companions of the Perception Check. Y'all have a great night. Good night. I would like to thank all of our guests, as well as bensound.com for our music extreme action you can find them at bensound.com as well as visit us at companionsofperception.net